Thank you, David and Donna. What a great reminder that uh, we can't outgive God. So appreciate them sharing their story. Hey, welcome to Between Two Ferns. I'm your host, Ronnie. Actually, these are just silk plants, but you know we're trying to save money where we can. Hey, actually, you make a better Zach Galifianakis than I do. You got the hair. So anyway, hey, no, thanks for tuning in to First Burleson Studios. Uh, we're glad that you're here this morning. Uh, hopefully that made you laugh, didn't weird you out or anything. But uh, no, appreciate David and Donna sharing their story. It is important that we continue to give and be generous during this time. As we've already shared with you, our Promises ministry is just uh, the needs are increasing. And, and so the supplies need to increase. Thank you for allowing us to continue to minister in that way plus all the different ways we're trying to minister. Uh, thank you to our team that's put uh, a living room here on our stage uh, so we can be together a little bit more casual setting. Uh, but all, all this takes work and just, uh, again, want to appreciate your giving and generosity during this difficult time to allow us to continue to worship and to lead and to minister. One of the things I, I do want to say thank you. Uh, a cool God story is that this month of March, we actually exceeded our budget. Our budget needs by $32,000, which is really cool because uh, up until then, we haven't really been meeting our monthly budget. So we exceeded it this month, the month of March, when we haven't been here in three weeks together and in the middle of this pandemic. So thank you, God, and thank you, church, for being continually generous uh, and giving above and beyond to help meet the needs that are all around us. And I pray that that continues uh, for the months to come. But it's an exciting time to be the church even though things are struggling. Now, Sam mentioned to you earlier, you can uh, write things on Facebook Live and we'll kind of comment and that's just great to see people, at least names of people. I wish I could see your face here, wish we could be together. Uh, but Samantha's here uh, watching uh, While the Baby Naps. Milo, get up, it's time to wake up. Haha. <laughs> sorry. Kelly's with us, Mandy, Gina, uh, watching in a truck. All right, very cool, moving a daughter home. So there goes your empty nest. But anyway, God is good. Remember that, right? People watching in their living room, Tom and Kelly are with us. So, hey, thanks for tuning in and hope you've invited others to, to watch you online, watch with you online or at a distance or at another location online because this is going to be the future for the next uh, several weeks, including Easter. So honestly, as a pastor, I know our ministry team is it's a little bit of a bummer that we're not going to be together here on our campus on Easter Sunday. That's the Super Bowl Sunday of Christianity. Uh, we're always packed. We'd have close to 3,000 people on our campus. But again, the good news is God is going to, we're online, right? So no telling how many thousands of people will be reached by a live stream. So we're grateful for that, the technology, the opportunity to do that. But there's nothing like being together. And I hope you realize that. I hope you're not getting used uh, to watching church online at home. I hope that this is creating a hunger for you to be back together with the church family because we miss you guys. Man, I can't tell you how much we miss you guys. During the week, on Sundays especially, uh, know that you are missed and know that you are cared for. I'm thankful for all our folks that are making phone calls. Our goal is that every church member gets a contact at least every couple of weeks, just to make sure you're doing okay. Uh, if there are any needs that you have, please let us know. Uh, again, we're doing a great job through Promises. Thank you for all the volunteers, people who have stepped up and volunteered to help in Promises. Again, we're doing the best we can to keep our volunteers safe uh, as they minister to folks. So don't be afraid of that. If you're interested in volunteering with Promises, we can, we can really use you. 
So we've, again, reshifted our staff to help meet the communication and production needs, uh, to make the well calls that we're trying to call of our church members, and then to minister over at Promises. So we've made a lot of adjustments during this time to continue to minister, and we're grateful for everybody who's been stepping in. You know, it's interesting, too, just thinking about the reality of where we are. One of the things we say in our church, and a lot of churches say this, that if, if we woke up tomorrow and all of our buildings were gone, which has happened in many churches, we would continue to worship. And we're proving that to be true. The buildings aren't gone, so don't panic. They're still here, but we don't get to use them like we used to, uh, at least right now. So, but the good news and the praiseworthy news is that we're still worshiping. We're still meeting as the church in different locations. It does have that house church feel, but it's great to see the numbers of people who are tuning in, people are joining us. Uh, Diane, Holly, Virginia's here, Heather's here. Uh, Debbie is watching in her quilt room, in her pajamas. That's great. I, I'm glad you have a quilt room. That's really cool. Jeannie's watching, I know, with a packed house with people and animals. So, uh, again, however you want to join us, that's fantastic. That's great. Uh, just don't get used to it. <laughs> Plan to be here uh, the minute we can get back together. In fact, I had a dream last night that I got here and I had not heard the news that the shelter in place had been lifted and people could gather together. So I walk in, there's people all through the church. It was so exciting, so energizing. Uh, and then I woke up and then it was more depressing. So, but anyway, we're doing the best we can. Uh, and I appreciate our team and, and being able to live stream our services. Um, just to focus on this issue, again, the reality of what we're facing, a lot of people are fearful. And if you're a Christ follower and you're consume with fear, overwhelm with fear, dabbling in fear, be honest about it. Deal with that reality of that what you're going through. Again, this is kind of stretching out for a while. I'm ready for it to be over. I wish it would end today, but I realize it's not going to. And so that, as it drags on, it creates more pressure and more stress and more fear. Again, I don't know that we've, I don't think we've reached the apex, even in our state of the damage this thing is going to do for us. So there's gonna be more opportunities to be fearful, and that's a reality. And it's important that we face that and, and are honest about it, that we reach out and get help. Don't try to do this on your own. And that's why I wanted to focus again this morning on this issue of fear. Scripture speaks so much to our emotions and, and how they can drive us. If we're not careful, they can drive us in the wrong way. So this morning, I want us to look at Psalm 46, which is another Psalm that deals with this issue of fear. Because as this thing prolongs, you know, we're not wired to handle stress and anxiety for a long period of time. It creates all kinds of damage from emotional damage, even spiritually it can cause us to struggle. It also has physical effects. You may not be sleeping as much as you used to. You may not be eating as much, or maybe you're eating too much, or you're not eating right. Right? Or maybe our, we're kind of on the edge with each other. We've been in the house together for a couple of weeks and that can kind of, that can add pressure. We can maybe lash out towards one another. And again, when you, have, when you get to that boiling point and you realize it's coming, just say, hey, I just need a break. I'm gonna go back in the back room or I'm gonna go in the garage or I'm gonna hide out in the attic or whatever, wherever you can get away from people and just say, I just need just 30 minutes, just an hour to myself, just kind of to, to regroup. And that's perfectly fine. And during this time, we've got to be filled with grace and mercy and forgiveness. We have to realize this is taxing on everyone. I don't care how strong you are. 
I don't care how long you've been a Christ follower. This is taxing on us and it's pushing us to the edge. So just admit it and let the people around you know this and, and be supportive and encouraged. Let's forgive one another, love one another. Let's be kind to one another, especially in our houses, right? That's so important that we live out our faith in regards to one another. So I want us to look at Psalm 46 and what the Bible says about dealing with fear. And this is a a great psalm that deals with different kinds of fears that we face, anything from fears about society to fears about the acts of nature. And then in the end, the psalmist writes about how do we deal with fear as those who believe in, in God? How do we who are in the church deal with this issue of fear? In fact, it was the inspiration behind Martin Luther writing the great song, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. And so I've invited Michael to sing some of those stanzas as we go through this message to kind of highlight the different transitions of this psalm uh, that connect greatly with the song, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. So Michael, take it away. A mighty fortress is our God, our bulwark never failing. Our helper, he amid the flood of mortal ills prevailing. For still our ancient foe doth seek to work us woe. His craft and power are great. And armed with cruel hate On earth is not his equal That's just a great song and uh, very powerful words in that song. So I see we have some other folks joining with us. Brandon's here, Lachanae, Stacy, the McCullough family. Uh, cool, it's good to see families worshiping together. Roger and Karen are with us, David and Cindy. Edith is here. Uh, so I know some of you guys are checking out the service that you don't normally attend. I know we've got some folks that go to our traditional service, checking out our modern and vice versa. So that's cool. You get to see what happens at the other end of the building. Uh, so Psalm 46, first three verses, the psalmist writes this, God is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. So right off the bat, the psalmist is, is writing in a very fearful time for Israel. And his first words are, are very strong, that God is our refuge and our strength. See, at the, the time of this writing, Israel was in peril. This warlord, Sennacherib, was going through the land of Israel, conquering little cities that were basically defenseless. And ultimately, he was gonna head towards Jerusalem, the capital city. And this is the area to where this psalmist is writing from. And so there's fear. They keep hearing the news of this guy conquering all these cities and capturing their people and killing their people. And there's just no doubt that's where he's headed as he's building steam. And so he writes this psalm to remind us and to remind himself that God is our refuge and our strength. So he is consoling us with the thoughts of God's power in the midst of the storm in the midst of war, in the midst of difficulty. This is called wartime. You've heard that phrase used a lot. Trump is now a wartime president because this is, it's an unseen enemy that we are fighting, but we're fighting a war, a global war against this health issue, this health crisis. 
And so that's the feeling that we get. I don't know if you've driven around town much or gotten out a little bit to go to the grocery store and get some food, but it's a ghost town. I mean, it just feels like everybody's in hiding. Everyone's kind of secluded away, which is we're supposed to, but it just has a weird feeling and effect on what's going on. And so the psalmist says that he is our refuge. And refuge here, the word he uses is a place to flee. Right, we're quarantined to our houses right now. It's a refuge for us to stay away from this virus. And so we can kind of relate to this idea of what he's saying, that God is our refuge. In verse 7, in the last verse of this psalm, he uses the word fortress, that God is our fortress. That creates an image for us of what a fortress is. You've probably visited the ruins of an old fort or, or been to a, a, an army installation or military installation that was a fort. In fact, we live just outside of Fort Worth, which the city began 1849. It was an uh, army outpost just overlooking the Trinity River. So that's how the city got started as a fort. So we understand that. In the, in, in the psalmist day and time, most of the cities had walls built around them for protection against enemies, of protection against wild animals, uh, whatever it may be. But life happened inside that barrier. And because of that barrier, people were allowed to live. They could work, they could, kids could go out and play, families could get together, have meals together. There was a, a freedom that happened because of the wall that was there to protect them. And so the psalmist is writing in anticipation that this evil king is going to come and destroy Jerusalem and tear down the wall. And he's writing for the fact that, that God is our refuge. God is our protector. God is our wall. Even when the walls are torn down, even when the ways that we've established to provide security for us are torn down, that God is strength. He is our strength. And man, we can relate to that in such a major way because so many of the things that we put our hope and security in, the things that we have found safety in are being taken away from us right now. People are losing their jobs. People are losing their lives. We're not able to get together with our support team. We can do it through Zoom or online, but we're not in... in close contact with each other. And so a lot of the things that we put our hope and trust in, stock market, things of this earth are being taken away from us, which is devastating. I mean, it's painful. It's scary. But the psalmist encourages us to remember that, but God is our strength. God is not unaware of what's happening. God is completely aware of what you're going through, of what's happened in your life, how this has affected you. He's completely aware of how you've handled this. And he says, just as Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, come to me, all you who are worried, stressed out, freaked out, afraid, come to me and you will find rest. Take my yoke upon you because I am humble and gentle. Isn't that awesome? Just to know that, that God is not condemning us because we're not handling this right. He, he's not looking down at us, shaking his finger, said, I told you, you should handle this better. You need to be stronger. Man up. He's not saying that to us at all. He's, his invitation is so clear. Just come to me. Just, just like you are. Come to me and you will find rest. That's the promise. An invitation with a promise. And he will lift us up. And that's what the psalmist reminds us of. That he is our strength. We will find safety in, in the presence of God. We will find that security that's seemingly being taken away from us. God is the source of our strength. Again, as Paul wrote, we talked about this last week, in my weakness, he is strong. So I don't have to be strong. 
I don't have to be strong all the time. I can admit when I'm frustrated. I can admit when I'm scared and when I'm down. And in those moments, God's strength is poured and more vivid in our lives than at other times. You know, I was just to illustrate this idea, I just reminded, you know, one of the things that I love to do is I love to work out with weights, which I know is very obvious as you look at me. That was a joke. I'm teasing because I also love Bluebell, right? And that's what people notice most. That, well, I can tell you love Bluebell. I can't tell you that you work out with weights. But so they counteract each other. But anyway, I, I do. I enjoy working out with weights. And if you've ever worked out with weights, you know, when you're going to max out on weight or try to max out on reps, it's important to have a spotter. Because a lot of times as you're trying to push through that weight, you're going to hit a wall. And you need just somebody just to kind of come alongside and just add some strength to help you. And so in essence, their strength becomes your strength and you can accomplish your goal, push through that wall. Now that falls a little short because God is our total strength. The ability we have to persevere through this pandemic, the ability and the desire we have to connect to one another, the longing in our heart to draw closer to God, all that comes from him. He provides strength to us on a regular basis. But in moments like this, when we've hit a wall, we, we can maybe visibly in our minds see God's strength being poured into our life, that he's, he's spotting us through this and helping us to lift and push through this wall that, we, that we've hit. When we're sick, he is our healer. When we're confused, he's our counselor. When we feel all alone, he is, is our friend. He is our comforter. When we're in need, he is definitely our provider and he loves to provide. The psalmist reminds us that God is a tested help. He is a tested help in time of trouble. The psalmist can look back to where God proved himself faithful. You and I, as Christ followers, we have that testimony too. This is a word of testimony, a testimony of experience because he has experienced in the past God's provision and God's power, just like you and I, just like Clayton, the Barnes family, uh, Missy and her family, Robert, Mary Kay, they, they all have testimonies too. Delana, the Woods, McConnells, we all have these testimonies of where God has proven himself strong in our past. So why would we doubt he's going to do it again? He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same God we saw work miracles in our lives in the past is still working miracles today. Sometimes we just have to stop and notice. So that's the encouragement of this writer as he sees during this time of trouble that he has experienced God's power and he expects to experience it again. And in fact, he does because the rest of that story is Sennacherib is going throughout the land of Israel, conquering all these little cities. He failed when he tried to conquer Jerusalem. Jerusalem stood strong. God provided power. The capital city of God's people remained safe, remained protected because of God, the city of God. And so he reminds us this. This reminds us today that this suffering we're going in and we're experiencing right now, it is temporary. This virus will end, we'll find a cure, we'll find a vaccination. Something will happen that will end this virus. It's not eternal. The effects of this virus, the economic effects, the, the job loss, this, this will end and we will bounce back hopefully differently than when we walked into this. But this is a reminder that this suffering is temporary, but it is meaningful. God doesn't waste things that he allows into our life. He redeems everything that he allows. And one of the ways he will redeem this in our lives is that it will draw us closer to him. We will learn and be reminded we can't depend on our stuff 
to provide for us, to get us through the storm, but we can provide on him. And it, it also reminds us that we don't need all that stuff. It's nice to have it, nothing wrong with habit, but if we depend on it for success, we depend on it when we're in times of trouble, then it, it will fall short. And it's just a reminder that he is all we need. In fact, the design behind trouble, why does God allow trouble into our lives? That it might drive us to our refuge, that it might drive us to our strength, which the psalmist reminds us is him. And by that, trouble fulfills its mission. Why would God allow us to struggle? So that it would keep us close to him, that it draws us close to him. And that way, it's, it has a mission and it's being fulfilled. It's like if you ever had small kids, I know when my kids were little and a thunderstorm would come at night, just in a matter of milliseconds, all three kids would be in our bed. You know, they just ran to their place of refuge. If we can get to mom and dad, we'll be safe, even though the storm still rages outside. That's the idea he paints for us here. In the midst of the storm, it's important that we run to our refuge and run to our strength. This curse that we're experiencing actually becomes a blessing when we see it from the right perspective and we handle it in this way in obedience. So don't let all this trouble and misery be wasted. See it from a perspective as an opportunity to draw closer to God, to spend more time with family, to restore those priorities that maybe some of us have neglected, to understand what it means to depend upon God and not on stuff, not on things. Because that's a real struggle in America. We have so much, it can easily become a God in our life. And then he reminds us when we fear God, we fear nothing else. Our confidence in God will not be shaken by our circumstances. If we see this from a right perspective, even when the outcome is not what we want. You know, there will be churches that won't bounce back from this. There are still going to be people that will die from this virus. There still will be people that lose jobs. It's going to change our world. Much like 9-11 changed our country, this pandemic will change our world, no doubt about it. And it may be confusing, it may be frustrating in some ways, but still our confidence in God that he is aware and he is working cannot be shaken because our hope is not based on confidence. Our hope is based on Christ. This verse shows and reminds us of the unchangeableness of God. He mentions the mountains. Mountains are majestic, they're beautiful, they're signs of strength, but even they cannot provide the security and the hope that we need. Mountains are eroding, mountains are wearing away. But God never diminishes. His power never diminishes. We can run to the mountains, but we won't be safe there. Only God can provide the safety. Verse 3, he talks about the ocean. And this is an ocean during a storm, a turbulent time. It reminds us that the stories of Jesus and his disciples walking on the water, calming the storm, speaking to the winds and the waves, and they cease to be turbulent. That's the power of God. Remember those stories. Read those stories of Jesus and his strength. And then in verse 4, he reminds us that God provides a river for us. In the midst of this turbulent sea, there is a river. So there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the most high dwells, the river of God. Did we in our own strength confide Our striving would be losing Were not the right man on his side The man of God's own choosing And 
Dost ask who that may be Christ Jesus it is he Lord host is his name From age to age the same And he must win the battle So see us some more folks joining us uh, the shoes are in the house well, not this house, but their house. Hopefully Kara's here, Jill's here, Roger. Doke's with us. All right, Lonnie, Gina, Pam. Hey, thanks, guys, for tuning in. Uh, I hope that you're encouraged today as we look at Psalm 46. He uses this image of the river. Now, for most of us, when you consider river, it's peaceful. I know, I know there's rapids and stuff, but, I, you know, my family growing up, we used to go to New Braunfels. For, that was our summer vacation for several years and just floating down the Guadalupe River and just kind of relaxing. It was very peaceful, very calming, cool in the, hit in the midst of the hot summer. So this is kind of the idea that he's paying for us. I don't know that he's floating on an inner tube as he writes this, uh, floating down a river, but it's that image of a peaceful river that, that may lead into a turbulent ocean, but the river is peaceful and it's constant flowing. You remember that song, Peace is Like a River, right? Peace Like a River, we used to sing that few years ago. Um, it's that same idea. A river for most of us is an image of peace. And so this peace that God offers, it passes our understanding, passes our ability to explain it. It is calming. So even though we're in the storm, look for the river, look for the peace, the little drops of peace, little reminders of peace that God puts into our days to remind us that he is with us. And what's interesting is the author writes this Psalm there was no visible river in Jerusalem. As he writes about the capital city of God, there was no river that you could see, but there was an underground river, river that was fed by, by springs, uh, and so there was water underneath the city. And that image that he paints for us is, though we may not always be able to see the river, we not, may not always be able to see the, the peace that God is putting into our lives, but we can be confident that it is there sometimes in unseen ways, sometimes underneath the surface. But the peace of God is always there. Whether we can see it or not, it's constant. And it will get us through. It will help us to not only survive but thrive during this time. He equates this river that we imagine as a body of water to the river of God coming out of the Holy of Holies. In fact, that underground river was called the river of God. But in a spiritual sense, the Israelites knew that that peace came out of the Holy of Holies. In the Old Testament, that's where God resided in, in the tabernacle and later in the temple. That's where the Spirit of God hung out, was in the Holy of Holies. And only the priest was allowed to go into the Holy of Holies. But the people knew that because that was there, God was there. And so because of that recognition, that acknowledgement, then they could experience peace. You and I know that we are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. God lives within us. The Spirit of God lives within us. And because of that, we are confident we have peace in the midst of this storm. Not that we know the outcome, not that we see all the impact that this is going to have, but we know that God is with us and God will get us through. And then in verse 9 through 11, he talks more about how we are to respond. What is the, the biblical response to this pandemic? And he highlights this, and he says in verse 9, he makes wars cease. And we already talked about this is like a war. To the ends of the earth, he breaks the, the bow and shatters the spear. 
He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And again, he has that idea of being a fortress. Be still and know that I am God. We've probably used that verse a million times. It's a great verse to know. It's a great verse to lean on, but it's a tough verse to follow, you know, to be still. I mean, one of the things that we've noticed so much is that we live in a very fast-paced society, right? And so it's hard to be still. And this idea of being still is just to be still and relax, to, to meditate on the goodness of God, just to, to be calm, right? So that's, that's a great word for us as Christ followers because it's a very difficult for us thing for us to do, especially in times of stress. We want to do something. We want to fix it really fast. And so just to spend time being quiet, which we have a lot more time to do that recently uh, as we're sitting at home or sitting wherever we are in our car by ourselves, we have more time to be still. Let's take advantage of that time because I have no doubt when this is all over, we're going to go back to our fast-paced society, but maybe not to the full extent. Maybe we've learned a lesson through this of the importance of spending time together, spending family time together. Maybe there's some things we're doing we realize we don't really need to do that much. We need to reset our priorities. We need to relax. The word that the psalmist used here means to cast down properly, just to, to lay down and to relax and spend some time thinking. Uh, and part of that thinking process is how do I leave my worry and stress with God? Right? It's a great thing to say, but what does that look like for me? I don't know about you, but there are a lot of times, God, I need your help in this situation. As soon as I get up from praying, I'm already trying to figure out how to fix it. <laughs> Psalmist says, just be still. Admit your struggles to God and then just wait. Maybe just stay right there in prayer and meditation. Don't get up right away. Just listen. Just listen for that still small voice of God to speak to you. You just ask him a question. You just ask for help. Don't be so quick to get up. Just sit there and listen to see what he says. Because in Christ, we, we have no fear. We know that he will provide. The Bible says that we are co-laborers with Christ what that means for us is we need to let God handle it. You need to let God handle this situation. I mean, be wise, wash your hands, uh, distance yourself, do what they've asked us to do to help flatten the curve of this thing. But, but don't be afraid. Trust God in this and be honest with him. It is a choice. The psalmist reminds us he chose to trust in God. He chose to be still and depend on God. He chose that he is not going to allow his life to be filled with stress and worry. We can make that same choice because the reason he can make that choice because he acknowledged God as his refuge and his strength. You and I have that same opportunity. Those of you joining us with us today, right? Alyssa, Sandra, Daniel, Melissa, you guys, we have that same choice to choose to trust in God, to find our strength and refuge in him. He allows us, he loves for us to run to him. Jay, man, that's, that's a great word for us, right? That we can trust in God, even though we don't know the answers. We're not sure what's gonna happen. We are reminded of the goodness of our God. So because of that, we find the strength of God in our lives.
And though this world with devils filled Should threaten to undo us We will not fear for God hath willed His truth to triumph through us The prince of darkness grim We tremble not for him his rage we can endure, for lo, His doom is sure. One little word shall fail Him. It was cool to see the Dutchkies with us and the Hearst family, Kim and Natasha with us. Man, just seeing these names just reminds me how much I miss seeing you guys. Uh, so, oh man, just pray that we can get back together soon. Uh, this is great. I'm glad we can do this, but man, it's driving me crazy. <laughs> I long to see everybody back uh, to worship face to face. I think one of the things that's come out of this is the downtime that we have been able to enjoy some. Uh, just a reminder, we're not good at relaxing. There was a pollster named Lewis Harris, and he made this statement after study, after study, after study, that time may have become the most precious commodity in the land. I agree with that. Time is so precious to us, and we have time now. We have time to take care of projects, to do the honeydew list, to, to do things we've always wanted to do. Time to, you've got time to write your novel now, you know, to write your song. Uh, we have that time, and so let's, let's take advantage of that time that we have and truly just relax. Relax together, be an encouragement to one another, relax in the Lord. Again, it's not something we're good at doing, is relaxing. But in that midst, in that time to meditate on the things of God, we're just reminded that he is near and the promises that he has for us that he will never, never leave us. So I just want to encourage you today as we are obedient to the, the ideas and the restrictions that they have placed on us. Yeah, I'm frustrated too. I'm ready for them to be over. But Stay at home. Stay at home as much as you can and relax. Again, take this time to be with family and, and friends. Those who are at home with you. Connect through Zoom or online somehow because it's going to go away and we're going to miss it uh, down the road. But hopefully we've learned some things. Uh, obey what we're supposed to do and stay positive. You know, I, one of the things I'm loving is looking on social media and seeing all the creativity of people. There are a ton of Corona songs being written right now in different activities and things you can do at home and things to do with your kids and the home. Everybody's a homeschooler right now, right? And every pastor's a televangelist. So it, there's this community that's going on, this unity over the world. Uh, so it's a great time to learn, but be positive, you know, be positive about things. And when you don't feel like being positive, uh, then find that person you can vent to. Uh, you don't have to vent to the world, but you can vent to somebody that, that will listen and not judge you for venting. Uh, and God is definitely the person you can talk to as well that doesn't expect you to do it right all the time and is very patient. So we do need to be patient and forgiving and loving. Stay positive. Be honest with God. Be honest with, with your circle there when you need help, when you need prayer and encouragement. Let us know. We can help and encourage any way that, that we can. And just look for the blessings. Look for that Look for that peaceful river in the midst of the turbulent ocean. It's there, and it is constant, and it is strong, and it is moving through all of this. And so the challenge I have for you, when you get to that point and the fears become overwhelming, and maybe that's right now for you, just to write them out one by one. What are you afraid of right now? 
And after you write that list, then one by one, just hand it to God. God, I'm giving you my fear of my finances. God, I'm worried about losing my job, or I'm worried because I just lost my job. I'm handing that fear over to you. And just see yourself handing that over to God and watching God take it. That's his promise, right? He is going to take it. He's invited us to come just like we are and receive his rest. And that's a spiritual rest, an emotional rest, even a physical rest that he offers for us. And just one by one, begin to hand that to God and just feel the weight lifted off your shoulders and see yourself truly trusting in God. Now, if you're a Christ follower, again, you can admit when you don't handle this the right way. You can be open and honest before God and say, I'm really struggling with this. I believe in you. I believe you're sovereign. I believe you're God of the universe. But right now I'm having a really tough time with this issue, really tough time with this fear. And be honest to God. And if you're not a Christ follower, if you've never come to the point that you've put faith and trust in Jesus Christ to be the leader and forgiver of your life, man, this is the right time. I can't imagine facing this without the hope of Christ in my life. And that's something he offers to you. It doesn't matter what you've done. doesn't matter what your past looks like. He invites you to come to him just like you are. You don't have to clean up, fix up. You may be all messed up, right? But he will receive you. The Bible describes God as a perfect, loving father. You will receive love, mercy, grace, and forgiveness when you come to him. And it's very simple. All you have to do is pray. God, I realize that I need you, and I invite you into my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and take control of my life. Be the leader of my life. And the Bible says when we pray that prayer, God answers yes. He always answers yes. He's never going to say no to you. In this time when you realize you can't fix what's going on, you can't provide security for you or for your family, I pray that you learn today to trust in God because he can. He can and he will. And he is there just waiting for you to cry out to him. Say, God, I need you. And he will respond. Just know that he loves you. And know that this will end. And you don't have to face this alone. And God is a God who takes our fear away. And it's a beautiful thing. So will you pray with me? Father God, we just thank you that you are ever-present. You are everywhere. Just as we talk about this global pandemic, we know that you are all over the world. You are, you are all over the universe. You are everywhere. There is nowhere we can run to hide from you. And not only are you there, but you are inviting us to join you. You're inviting us into your presence. Just as the psalmist wrote, you are our refuge and our strength. And God, we need to run to our refuge right now. We don't have the answers. We don't know how this thing is going to be cured. We know it's going to end. We just don't know how or when. And that creates all kinds of stress and anxiety in our lives. And God, you are that calmness in the midst of the storm. Just as the story that we read of Jesus walking on the water to his disciples in the midst of the storm. And you spoke, you simply spoke, and the waves and the wind calmed down. God, we are asking you to speak into our lives now, speak into our world, that you might calm this storm. Whether it's through a miracle or medicine or science, however you choose, we just ask that you would bring calmness to this storm. But in the meantime, God, that you would give us the courage to lean on you to realize how inadequate we are 
how susceptible we are to a, a microorganism that can put the world on pause. But even in the midst, you are still God. You are still in control. Your invitation is still clear. Come to me, all who are worried, all who are fearful, all who are broken, all who are messed up, and you will find rest for your soul. God, may thousands of people give their life to you today because they realize how much they need you. May you demonstrate your love to them in powerful, overwhelming ways to where they can no longer say no to you. They realize that they can come to you and you will receive them. God, we just ask you to be, we thank you for being God in moments like these. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.